0: This is the DWZ Podcast, Deleted WrestleZone's very own podcast of professional wrestling with AEW, NXT, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, the National Wrestling Alliance, various promotions, wrestlers, matches, and championships. I am your host, Jay rod here, folks. So welcome back, listeners, to another episode. we got a lot of content we're going to be actually talking about. The first one, I feel like I want to get this one out of the way. Now, as you know, I've been talking about Mina Shirakawa many times over. Now, those who have been keeping up, what's been going on, what's have been changing, well, let's talk about what happened on November 3rd. Now, this was one of her biggest matches of her career. She challenged for the Wonder of Stardom Championship, a.k.a. the White Belt, against Saya Kamitani. But, man, I can tell you one thing. She has really, really turned things around for her. Many people never did, how do I say this, give Mina Shirakawa its due because people look at her, oh, she's just a nice piece of ass, you know, doing this and that. But no, she has really turned things around, worked harder than anybody to go where she's at. Like like she wanted people, stop looking at me as some hottie. I want to be respected as a wrestler. And I think that's what made this match really great. I mean, she pulled off. Many things about this match, Kamitani, as you know, she is trying to find ways to keep her down because she knows that she would put her down by using the figure four leg lock. That's always been one of the things. Because I did mention, Mina has learned to become more methodical on targeting people's knees. I mean, she already did that with Julia. She did that with Amisori, She made that with everybody who come across her in the in the second half of the five star grand prix and now things have gone for worse for Mina but not in the way I'd expect the match itself could have been match of the night if it wasn't for the ending of the botch now let's talk about that a little bit what happened is Kamitani was about to do the phoenix splash first attempt she missed by Hitting her knee onto Kam, uh, to Mina's face. But then she tried again. But she tried to sell it like she's trying to win it. But in result, she missed again. But this time in a bad way. Her left foot of her heel. Busted Mina Shirakawa's jaw. Now come—it's Mina actually kicked out during three count but the referee declared it it was it was done but this was a decision by the ref because apparently this was not looking good, I mean looking at Mina Shirakawa's face oh god damn, so really really messed up I'm like I can't believe that happened to her now I couldn't tell closely but someone showed a photo on Twitter her first or lower teeth either f- two or three Oh, man, they went inward in her jaw. It it, it looks like something went... Oh, man. I just couldn't believe that happened. But I just couldn't imagine how this whole thing ended for her. And she, she sold the whole thing with the promo. Like, you can barely make out what she's saying due to the injury. But nope. B- batter, she feels like this is only the big, like only a start where she'll come back stronger than ever, and I think it, she sold it very well as a, at the end. And of course, in the end, Sami uh, Kamitani called out Kyrie to finish what they started last time. You guys remember at the uh, what was it at the start of X Stardom, Kyrie was supposed to f- face her, but due to her being contracted with coronavirus, at last minute it pulled her away. But now that that happened. But she, Mina went back and did a post-match comments. Man, it looked worse when, from looking at it. She looks like, like in hell in pain, and pain. I just couldn't believe it. Uh, I mean, I feel bad like for what Tam and Natsupo and Waka have to go through, see their own teammate in this fashion. I don't know how colors felt about it. Well, I don't know about uh, H- Hikari Shimizu, who is currently in Mexico. But apparently they sent her home to Tokyo, where she's from. Uh, but the real question does remain is, what does this mean for her in Tagli? Well, apparently uh Wako Tsukiyama, who unfortunately was not involved in Tagli this year, uh, was given an opportunity. Mina reached out to her, telling her that she wants her to take her place, like a pinch hitter in in, in, in of sorts. Now Waka was really disappointed that she didn't get in but now she's teaming up with Saki uh, just to get this part of the way uh, I have to say Waka is in good hands because she's teaming with Saki, who in fact is a far more better um, she could play mentor to Waka you know she has 10 years of experience which I know of so I don't so now they had to change to Waka Wild instead of kowail Venus but how would this sell? I mean look how would, how would Mina Shirakawa come back? I mean, right now, we don't know the extent location, but it uh, Rasio Gawa put out on Twitter that she was in, in contact with Mina, and Mina requested that she would like to have a rematch against Kamitani for the white belt again. Now, some people say, you know, it wouldn't be a proper, but... Right now, because of this injury, it made waves all over social media. People are talking, how bad for her, even people who did not like Mina because she wasn't far good as a wrestler, but they changed their mind. But there's a lot of different opinions. I mean, look, I feel Mina should be a white belt champion. She worked real hard to get where she's at, and I think that's what makes her a good choice. And I feel that maybe, hopefully, by 2023, she can get that Belt and finally do what people say. Now, people, you need to understand. She's trying to show pe- everyone that I'm just just—I'm more than a Gravener idol. I want to do this to show you I can kick ass. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. And it showed exactly who Mina is. But right now, ho- hope for her speedy recovery and this and that. Now, our next subject related to what happened on that day on November 3rd in Stardom. You may have heard the news that um, Mayu Iwatani defended the CWA title for third defense. But the biggest surprise was she relinquished the title. And she reasons for that was because she wants to focus more on the IWGP Women's Championship. And I get it. So that was the biggest surprise. Now, people have different opinions on this particular belt what should be done. Let's talk about opinion number 1. There are those who are saying at the moment they should set up a tournament to determine who will be the next CWA championship. I mean, it wouldn't be a bad idea, but keep in mind this belt has to be defended by foreign wrestlers mostly. You're in a wrestler you only have wrestlers who are mostly Japan. Uh, we only have one particular wrestler who's foreign and that person is Tekla. I feel like it's unfair in that opinion in that matter for the way I see it. Now, what is the second opinion? One, I have to say, I strongly agree by those who talked on various podcasters who mentioned this. They should just defunct the belt. I mean, look, this belt has been relinquished twice in one year. Sudi was the previous champion uh, before Tekla, and then after that, Mayu. But, Sudi relinquished the belt so she can focus more on the red belt. And that was it. We, uh, Tekla and Mina decided to face off for the belt. And I think that was the whole point. But I feel like it's useless because right now, at the moment, I feel that the IWGP Women's Championship will be more, will overshadow more of the CWA. Even though they're similar in some ways. But I feel that the IWGP Women's Championship will be overshadowing the CWA. And I feel like it's unfair. Now, a small number of podcasters and YouTubers said something that I don't know if it's the right call. Mina Shirakawa. Some people don't see that Mina will ever be a white belt champion. They felt that she doesn't fit the mold, that she's better off being the CWA championship, but she stopped worrying about that belt months ago, her solely focus is, I mean, look, if they—if if, if Stardom makes that choice to defunct the belt, I'm cool with it, but you're trying to say that Mina Shirakawa is more for this just because, oh, she wrestled in New York, it doesn't matter, but I feel right now the CWA title is being overshadowed by the IWGP Women's Championship, Stardom needs to do the right the smart move, and defunct it. Not out of our benefit, because right now, what if no one wants it? What if someone focuses? I did saw something with Tekla on her Twitter that she has her eyes off beating, but who's going to challenge her for that belt? I'll tell you. Nobody. And the fact is this, we don't see any foreign wrestlers at all. We don't see wrestlers who are in, right now, at stardom. That whole thing changed long time ago when the pandemic hit. That's the problem we're dealing with. So smart move is defunct the belt and solely focus on the IWGP Women's Championship. That's what I think they should do. Now, if you guys think they should, not too bad. That's how I see it. But right now, at this point, we haven't heard anything from stardom. We haven't heard, is there going to be a tournament to determine a brand new CWA Championship. We haven't heard if they're going to defunct it. We haven't heard nothing at all. So at the moment, it's all radio silence. But I wouldn't be surprised But quietly they just say CWA defunct. I wouldn't be surprised. But we'll find out when that day comes. Now our next c- topic here, we have Logan Paul at Crown Jewel. Now, many people could say all oh, the and want about Oh, this guy doesn't know shit about wrestling and all this and that. True. But. Oh my fucking God. It was a good match. I have to say it was an impressive match. I know some of you saw exactly what we saw, what I saw. The Buckshot Lariat. Yes. Some of you dumb shits out there on Twitter are saying that, oh, Logan Paul did it. Better than Hangman. I'm like, Ugh. are you trying to prove once again WWE's far or better again? I think that's full of shit, in my opinion. For anybody to say that, you know why? You don't say that. That's how it is. Look, if he thought about doing this move, I'm saying, who cares? How many people have done the Sharpshooter? I don't see any of them going. Oh, I can do the Sharpshooter better. I don't see that crap whatsoever. But I give. Logan Paul, his due, his credit, he hung in there. But my best moment I didn't like, he used a selfie to jump off the turnbuckle and land on Roman Reigns on top of the commentator's table. I thought awesome! I just enjoyed that. But it took only two Superman punches, a Superman punch and his spear to put down Logan Paul because the entire match you see how Logan Paul, he made that story saying, look, I took out Mayweather. What makes you so certain that I wouldn't do the same thing? Now, Roman Reigns, who's acting all calm and chill, is like, he's not going to beat me. You got the other members of the bloodline, including his advisor, Paul Heyman, saying, we should be worried. And I think that story sold great because it did show later, you know, Logan Paul was not screwing around. He really, really, really sold out that way. I love how that was it. But it took a spear to take down Logan Paul for the tribal chief to re- to reign supreme reign once again. And I think it was a good match. So I was impressed by it. Now, interesting news has been developing. Now, a couple of months back, there's been reports about making a biopic film based on a particular family. I'm talking about the Von Erichs. Now, those who don't know who the Von Erichs are, let me recap for all of you to tell who who they are. The Von Erichs are a family of wrestlers based out of Texas. And there's been tragedy upon them for many years to come where... The, the the sons have been dying left and right. And all of this and that. It first began with David Von Erich, who did a tour in Japan for All Japan Pro Wrestling. His body was found in his hotel room, and there was r- rumors circulating that he was on drugs. And the evidence was removed by another guy named Bruiser Brody. But Brody Bruiser uh, said something about why he did it. Like, why did he remove it? But it is. But, of course, their father, the matriarch of the family, Fritz von Erich. I hear that he, this guy was cold and a little bit uh, hard on, on his sons. You know, including tr- making big business. And I think that kind of tells us. And, of course, then there's... um, What's his name? I forgot which one... Uh, died from suicide. There was two of them who died from suicide, and then there's of course, there's uh, Chris, the youngest, who took his own life. And then there's Carrie Von Eric as well. But then there's the remaining son, the only brother left out of five. Well, six, but the the oldest son died when he was six, but this one completely didn't matter. The last remaining son is Kevin Von Erich. Uh, Kevin who survived everything that he did, you know, watching his brothers die left and right. And the real question is, who is going to portray what? Uh, When this whole thing came about, uh, it was reported that actor Zach Efron is going to portray someone, but it turned out he's going to portray the surviving Von Erich, Kevin. Now, Kevin did state it on TMZ that uh, he's been in contact with the director, to try to keep the story, the family legit as possible. You know, we don't, we see how certain things are not 100% true. I get that, because you want to tell this story right. So, but he never had any contact with Zac Efron, but uh, there are those that were impressed. Kevin Von Erich even omitted on TMZ, saying that uh, his daughters were very happy that Zack is playing their dad. <laughs> I bet you they were going bananas when they when that happened. <laughs> but he's doing the same old drop kicks that Kevin does, and it's kind of great. But the much interesting development in this movie, MJF, is in it, but he's not playing one of the Von Erich sons. He's playing Lance Von Erich. The fictional Von Erich member of the family. Now, those who maybe knew your person, why is that fictional? Now, with the results of the of the Von Erichs dying, Lance Von Erich was supposed to be like another member of the family. And if you know, know the history, Fritz Von Erich had a tag team partner named who also went by the name Von Erich. But at the time, they're saying that, oh, he's a direct cousin of them. But no. That was just a lie. uh, That didn't so well. But uh, many of the Von Erich uh, sons did not like this idea whatsoever. And and personally, I don't blame them. I mean, it did felt like it was full of shit, in my opinion. And so I'm like, I just felt bad that they had to do this. And this was the worst thing. But I'm very excited. But I heard that they're now in this moment in post-production Originally, this movie was supposed to come out in the fall of 2023, but it may be coming out maybe in summer or spring or summer of 2023. So I'm excited for it. Uh, I will give my review on that movie once it comes out, and we'll go from there. Now moving on. Now I know I don't know how many of you are sick and tired of me putting the whole thing with the uh, Onagi Sayaka, but interesting developments happen. Recently on November 4th. Now, on this particular day, she was in just tap out. Now, she already competed once against AOI. And that match completely ended with Unagi winning. Her next opponent was against Tomoka Inaba. It was for the championship. It was for the GTO Queens Championship. However, Tomoka Inaba defended that title proudly and retained it. However... This is the much interesting development. Um, I, I did not see the match, but something happened. Someone translated this, what happened with the post-match comments coming from, from what happened with, uh, with Unagi on that particular day. This is what Unagi said to Tomoka. Don't even worry about the belt. I don't get your rules. No need for all that. It's all good. Now. Why didn't she worry about it? Because apparently. She had something else in mind. And that. Was AOI. AOI shows up. We all thought she was going to be. Side, be by Tomoka Inaba's side. But instead. She became friends. And an ally to Unagi. This completely broke Tomoka's heart. Her best friend sided with Unagi, an outsider, invader of Just Tap Out. And a result, because of that, they left, leaving Tomoka vulnerable for prominence to make their move. But that's a different story at another time. But some of you may question, why would AOI side with Unagi? I can only speculate the reasons why. As I mentioned before, Tomoka Inaba is the current GTO, uh, GTO Queen's Champion. What if IOI is sick and tired of being in her shadows, like always try to be that person by her side? Unagi, I think she's trying to maybe help AoI to succeed. Because the thing is, this the girl is talented. She's good at what she does. So if she has the right set of person to guide her to where she goes, I think they could do anything. But I did hear that they will have a match together as a tag team on the 29th of November. Uh, I forgot who they're facing. Oh, yeah. They're facing against um, uh, Sumika Yanagawa and M- Misa um, Kurugat. I'm kind of curious how AOI and Nagi will coexist. And that's going to be interesting to follow. Now, our final uh, topic. This one is my favorite. This took place on the final day of Battle Adam from New Japan Pro Wrestling where after Will Ospreay defeated Naito, proving once again that he is the top guy, he called out for any challengers. But the result was who was going to be? Lights turned off This thing comes out, and it says, Roughneck is coming. Turned out to be Shooter. Also better known as Shota Umino. Now, he doesn't go by Shooter anymore. He graduated from that name. Now he calls himself Roughneck. So, I have to say, what in the fuck, yes. Now, last time these two confront each other was at World Quest 2. Now, his father, Red Shoes, the referee, called for this match to end quickly. He probably did not want to see his son, but now Will Ospreay, who is pissed off because he got punched in the face by Umino to to get for what happened last time. But this is the funny part. Will Ospreay can't get a break from, from celebrating. And now he's pissed and he wants to make sure that one way or another, Red Shoes will see his son get his face plastered. And I think that is what he wants. But if I know Shooter, he's gonna try to do something to avoid getting himself beat up. So right now he's back in New Japan. We're seeing some previous wrestlers from, of course, the same class that returning back to New Japan. Recently we saw Rendarita. Now Shooter, the only two members who haven't from that class that haven't made their return yet is Yoya Umra, who's currently in the States, and of course Yoda Suji, who originally was in ling- in, in the UK, kind of like Shota Umino. Now he's on his way to Mexico to participate with CMLL. So I will love to see what's going to happen. So I think that's pretty much it, what we have. Hope everybody enjoys everything that I talk about. I'll see you guys on the next episode next week. So I must bid all of you adieu. So goodbye. And have a nice day. Bang.